You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. From the AfterBuzz Studios in California, this is AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus. As you can tell, I'm filling in for the great Sir Richard Wentworth. And tonight's hosts are Spicy Mari, the Sean Overman. And if you'd like to buzz in tonight, you can certainly do so at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And most likely, if you're listening to this on iTunes, that number applies every Friday night. And now, without further ado, picking up where Spartacus leaves off, Spicy Mari and Sean Overman. Woo! Welcome, welcome to Spartacus. Welcome back, everybody. We are back for Season 2, Episode 2, A Place in This World. I am Sean Overman. And I am Spicy Muddy. And we have a lot of vengeance in our hearts today based on this episode. <laughs> yes, we do. We got a lot of love-hate relationships going on here. And, uh, aww. Aww. Oh, thank you, Phil. That was a good good little soundbite right. there. Okay, let's, uh, you want to jump into the first let's topic? Let's get into Lucretia. I mean, okay. I want to just, I want to jump right into Lucretia and what is going on with her. Is she evil? Do we love her? Do we hate her? Is she really good? Has she lost her memory? What is going on with her? There's something crazy going on with her. So last week we were discussing that uh, we weren't sure, or I wasn't sure if she was faking it or not. But uh, what were your thoughts My again? prediction was that Lucretia was trying to get over on everybody and act as if she had amnesia and she could get the sympathy vote and obviously trick everybody and get them back into, you know, submission. And that's exactly what she's starting to do this episode. Yes, that's right. It seems like she's going to be doing that. And obviously, you know, in Gods of the Arena, she was really nice most of the time. She was uh, she was playing Badiatis' father the whole time, old Badiatis. Right. So we know she's capable of evil. Yes. And it's... It seems like that's how it's starting up again. And why do you think she was doing that? Why do you think she was just feigning it though what was the big reason so she wants to gain power but how how do you think she's going to start doing this well my prediction was that she was going to seduce gladder but it doesn't look as if she's doing that it looks like she's playing everybody as like a puppet almost and right now she is still having this like nemesis relationship going on with Alithia and I feel like she is going to kill Alithia before Alithia can kill her Mm, yes because we did see Alithia almost stab her and then uh, in walks Asher with Onimaeus now um, I was surprised to see Asher there so here we go with Lucretia and Asher now they obviously they, they've known each other since the first season right and uh he was like pretty much like the number one guy the number one slave us other than doctorate the right hand slave yeah they're in the villa with the rest of uh with the rest of the really good highly valued slaves so now asher we know him to be a very sly and mischievous character right. a scoundrel and in blood and sand we saw asher escape and unfortunately he did not get killed um like we had hoped but he comes back this 
this season, um, surprisingly, and he's working in cahoots with Lucretia again. He hands her a note in the village, um, or at least we don't know it's him at the time, but mm-hmm. you predicted that he was going to come back. Yeah, I predicted last episode that he would come back within the next two episodes. So here we are in episode two, and he's back, thankfully, because you know, even though he is a bastard and a scoundrel, <laughs> I still I still like him to be there because he adds an interesting dynamic to the relationships with the characters. He kills me. I want him off the show. But you know what? Because I hate him so much, that means the writers are doing a good job. Because for me to have this vengeance in my heart for him, <laughs> obviously they're doing something right. Yeah, they're and evoking emotions they're, in yes, us. Yes, yes, because I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you back? And you're still up to no good. I had hoped that when he had captured um, Omnimaeus in the pit, that he was going to do that in order to show favor to him and show, look, I'm helping you because I'm saving you from a situation. And instead, he turned him over to Lucretia. Yeah, so it seems like this this has got to be some kind of, this obviously is a part of their ploy to uh, try and probably gain power again. Yeah, it seems like we're going into predictions a little bit. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, But yeah. well, we won't go we, too we much into that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but We can't help it. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he, he was stalking him this whole episode. It was interesting to see... Uh, to see Asher there in uh, in his robe, you know, covering his face. Obviously, we couldn't see him, and uh, and then to be watching him in the pits, and then he finally uh, goes in and he saves. Did, did you feel like Animaeus was trying to kill himself? I thought that Animaeus was trying to fight for his life because I don't necessarily know what the advantage is of fighting in the pits. Or do you get any money for it? I mean, do you? What do you do? Win any coins? Yeah, it's it's actually an area where there are no rules, so it's not like the arena. And people are the the fighters down there um, are pretty much can't make it in the arena. Like they aren't being able to be chosen. Right, they aren't favored. Gladiators. Yeah, they're not favored by the crowd anymore. So they go down there pretty much to be fought for large bets, and uh, and they do whatever they can to fight. So they they fight dirty, and in this case, Animaeus, he actually was he fighting? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he was fighting too dirty, but uh, he. It seemed like he had a death wish to me. Is that a prediction? It, it's <laughs> no, because he got saved. So obviously, I, he's I not. Didn't, see, I thought that he was fighting for his life because he's uh-huh. not going to be a part of the gladiators. He's <laughs> obviously not trying to join the army because he feels disgraced. So I was under the impression that he's fighting for his life. He's like fighting for a living so that he can stay underneath the shadows, but yet also still survive and still get that fight out. You know, because they kept doing flashbacks showing us his training as a child. And obviously it was in him to be this cold blooded killer. And he started off in the pits, too. Right. Which was pretty interesting. And, and he wound up back in the pits. And he, yeah, so it was like he was coming full circle in a way, because he lost his masters, he lost his dominus, and then there we and have And those were him. his loves. He loved Badiatis. Yes, he loved both of them. He loved the father and he loved the son. And he, he said, your hands, my will, to you know to the, the younger Badiatis. So uh, without his dominus, he's a lost man. He's, he's, like a, he's like a dog that doesn't have a master. You know, and he's out there in the streets, in this case in Capua, and uh, there he ends up in the pits again so that he can try to regain some honor, I guess, but there is no honor well, in the pits. Well, it's almost as if he doesn't consider like himself a slave at, like the other gladiators did. Like he, I don't think that there's an arrogance to him. I think it's more of a humility and a father figure that Badiatis was to him because he still has this loyalty towards them for whatever reason. He will not join the gladiators. He, he, he just won't do it. And 
And so I think that there's this like haunting and grief because he did not save either one of his masters. Do you remember he tried to save um, Badiatis Jr.? When um, Spartacus tried to kill him, yes, but he and he was swayed by was it was it Crixus or was it Spartacus? I forget who swayed him, but somebody convinced him not to do it, not to go ahead and stop the whole rebellion from happening and kill them all. I think it was Spartacus because somebody admitted to him that it was um, Badiatis that was um, in cahoots with Asher or something happened where he convinced him, saying Ah, uh, Barca's death. That's what the whole thing was about. And when he found out that Badiatis and Asher were yeah, in cahoots when they were planning all that stuff, covering everything up, mm-hmm. then he kind of lost some respect for his dominance. And then it just slipped and the whole rebellion happened and killed them all. Killed them all. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your favorite episode. I know that was my favorite. But you said that I'm gonna that that's not going to be my favorite once I see the season finale for this. Yes, that's what I hear. Um, I was actually uh, I was online doing some research and... Uh, uh, Ustream TV actually had a um, the stars had a live uh, chat with fans and a lot of the cast members, and they actually had let's see uh, Stephen S. Ry- uh, Denight, him he's the writer and uh, creator of the show. They had him along with uh, Liam McIntyre, uh, Lucy Lawless. Uh, who else do they have? Viviana Bianco, Bian- whatever I forgot her name, but she's the one that plays Alithia. They had Asher there too. I don't know his actor name yet, but we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to know him a little bit more. And uh, they were all discussing um, that the last episode of the this season, because I'm sure they've already seen it, is supposed to trump supposed to be much better than kill them all which is hard to top i am really excited to see this because i don't foresee that yet what you're saying to me is kind of foreign because as much as i love spartacus i don't know if anything can can defeat blood and sand and gods of the arena because so far i feel like the first two episodes are kind of warming up i still don't feel like they've gotten to the meat of it and that brings me to want to talk about liam and his character spartacus because i feel as if there's not a lot of meat to his storyline thus far i feel like they're showing a lot of uh or trying to show his leadership with the gladiators but the storyline is focused more around Crixus and him getting his true love back as opposed to really displaying who this new Spartacus is or at least you know to us fans we know it's not the original one um and I think that they need to give us more more of Spartacus there's a great storyline for everybody else's characters except for the star yes I agree with you which is it's pretty funny but um what you know I would say that uh, I've heard from some of the uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff that they view it as more of like an ensemble cast, which is good, you know, because we can like and love the other characters. Like, my favorite character right now is it's Crixus. I, I like him. And then from, from the people who are bad, I actually like Asher a lot, and I'm happy to have him back there. Cause I, I think I, that you like Asher. <laughs> I, I don't like him in the good way. I like him because I hate him so much. And he's that sly scoundrel and character. That's, I think that's Lucretia for me. I okay. love her, but I hate her at the same time. I think so. You share it for Asher. I share it for Lucretia. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So, um, so I was asking you earlier, how do you feel that Spartacus um, Liam matches up physically to Spartacus um, Adam? Oh, I thought you already mentioned that. You said no. No, when I, we were watching, when you were watching. Okay, not right now, but when we were watching the episode. Yes, you remarked upon that. You didn't like it, did you? You didn't like how he's not cut enough, right? I just felt like he wasn't as physically fit. And so, but and, and you noticed too that his biceps weren't um, pecking as much. Yeah, they, he didn't look as big in this episode. Um, but 
you know what? They they covered it up pretty well. <laughs> they put the the robes and stuff and his outfit together, his costume. Adam, you feel like they were covering him up. They, I feel like they were covering him up. They put that that whatever it was that sling across his chest between his pecs, to, and it was pretty big. And then they had the robes like really yanked up high <laughs> past his <laughs> you navel area. A lot of detail it, that I did not notice about the wardrobe. That's what it felt like. And uh, it it didn't seem like they wanted to show. Yeah, they didn't want to show off his abs as much because it doesn't seem like they're quite there. So he's not as cut as Andy, but I will say that Liam looks a lot like him. Like he's getting dead on with the face expressions, which I was hoping that he would eventually acquire. So I'm proud of you, Liam. Good job. Um, now, he, now let's go to Crixus. Oh, really quickly, really quickly. So a little fun fact about what about uh, behind the scenes stuff. Okay, regarding Liam. Okay, so obviously he's he's not as buff, and I think actually <laughs> you're in, going in, back to the back to the muscles. In, <laughs> in, in, back in okay, the interview I watched from. Um, from the cast uh, and Stephen S. DeKnight, the the writer, he actually mentioned that uh, he would get uh, daily updates on how much bigger, how much weight uh, Liam was gaining, wow. like how big his biceps were, how big his legs were, like you know, measured around with measuring tape and stuff. So that was pretty interesting to hear that. So they really do want him to get buffer and bigger, and I'm sure they're trying. You know, they they have him working out. Like several hours a day, oh he mentioned gosh. at least, I would say at least four to five hours of That's working out. Workout. Yeah, it's serious, man. They do like the, the gladiator circuits. They do that training stuff. If you go onto, if you do a search for like Spartacus Vengeance workout, they'll actually have the workout that they do and they have video on it. So you I can kind of, that workout. you can dissect what they do. It looks pretty cool. Like I wanted to write down some of the stuff. So one of the things was they have one of those big monster truck tires. And they actually have the they have them work as a team. It's not just a single person kind of thing. They have everybody grab it and like move All it of over. The yeah, they they not even just the gladiators, but Mira too. Katrina, we saw, we saw Katrina Mira Law. fighting this scene. Surprisingly, yes. we saw her, and I wouldn't mind getting that body. So if I got to carry some tires, I'll do it. Yeah, and she's the only one. She's the only, because she's she's fighting with them. She's the only woman it seems that so has to train with right. them. Right, she's leading the other women to battle with the gladiators. She's yes. part of the army now. But it, we kind of predicted that. She was going to be more physical this season because mm-hmm. she didn't fight at all really last season. That's right. And even in the a lot of the posters and stuff and for the promos that you see for uh, for Spartacus Vengeance, she's there. And she I think she's the only woman on the cover and she's there with a bow in her hand. Well, so she's going to be shooting some bows and arrows since off. Since we've brought her up, we have to talk about her relationship with Spartacus then. Let's and do what's that. going on with this spicy love? Does he love her? Is Does it spicy? Not? Is it really spicy? That's yeah. a good question. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really think that uh, Spartacus is that crazy about her. No. he. Um, I-, I would say... That he's telling her all the right things to kind of keep her there. I agree with you. Ooh. He's still in love with his wife. Yeah, yeah, he is. He didn't talk about it this episode though, which is good. Right, that's a, that's the start because yeah. women hate when you talk about your exes. But and we mentioned that last um, episode that we did was that she's kind of developing these feelings for him, and she's obviously expressing it to who we'll call the blonde slave girl. Yes, one of the, the, new, the character. new character on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she's expressing this like undying kind of emotional attachment for him, and she I think she's realizing that she loves him. And it's all it was all subdermal too. She it didn't was. overtly say it to the girl, but the girl picked up on it like that right right? exactly i mean she talked about you know how he's amazing in every department from the bedroom to being a fighter to a provider and that then you see her later on questioning him kind of having that like what's my title conversation yep 
which, you know, most women want to know what am I to you so that they can feel, you know, the validation and feel comfortable with what they're feeling. But I didn't really get that whole vulnerableness from Spartacus to her. No, no, but he uh, he does want to keep her around, which is very overtly expressed. I mean, she's hot. Who would Like, oh, yeah, of course. I would like to keep she her in my like bed. She's the female version of you. <laughs> Honestly, guys, <Yeah. laughs> she has like these beautiful, like almond eyes and pretty hair and beautiful skin, and so does Sean. Um, so you guys look like you could be brother and sister. But I, I do like that that Spartacus has her um, to have his back because she's kind of like a leading force for the ladies, and she's also taking care of him and encouraging him to be the leader that he should be. And from the male perspective regarding the whole the title thing, when. Uh... When she was sitting there in bed and she asked that question and he did, he did something that a lot of, I feel like a lot of guys do. Um, what? He said, well, what would you have me say? Oh. <laughs> in, in his poetic way of saying it pretty much. So he kind of like, like derailed like the question a little bit. Yes. Like he kind of got out of it. Cause the next thing you know, she's like screaming cause there's a flying knife coming her way. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then, oh, and then there's another new character who we can talk about yes, right there. Yes, we can. Tiberius. Tiberius. Yes. Now, he was newly introduced to us because mm-hmm. he belonged to the Dominus of the house that they took over. Yes. And this is someone that Spartacus has gotten sympathy for because although he tried to kill him while he was about to make love. <laughs> he sees some spirit yeah. in him that he could mold maybe for the fight like with the rebels. Like to murder you when you're with your woman in the bed? But um, he saw him at a moment of weakness and Spartacus found pity on him. And saw something obviously in him to keep him alive when everybody else said kill him, yep. especially Crixus. Crixus and Agron, too. And all of them were saying, if a dog bites you once, you got to put him down. And Spartacus was like, no, what kind of leader would like? What kind of leader would that be? And what kind of example would we be setting for the other gladiators if we killed him? How are we going to bring these slaves to join us? So that was a, that was an admirable quality of Spartacus this episode. Yes, that's true. And it seemed like Agron was agreeing with the other men, but then later on he actually went up to Tiberius when you know after they're training him and stuff. And he, I think, what did he do? Did he offer him some drink or something, or he just started talking to him? He yeah, it was something going on in that conversation. Yeah. He that asked he, like, him his name. Yeah, right? he told it to him, and then they went to the whole history of like, oh, that's a that's a nice Roman name, Tiberius, mm-hmm. for the way you look. And then he he alludes to he's a serious. Who else is a Syrian? Who else is a Syrian? Asher. You did say that. Yes, Asher's a Syrian too. So you thought maybe they were in cohorts or something? No, I just thought that um, maybe Agron thinks that, okay, we know that Asher is a traitorous treacherous scoundrel, so therefore maybe this guy would end up that way too. Maybe Tiberius is going to turn his back on us. I thought Tiberius was going to. We all did. It seemed like it. Because when he had the opportunity to make sure that the guards had left, he calls them back in. But he did it for good reasoning because he didn't have his, what, slave chain around his His slave collar. Slave collar. So So that that was pretty smart on his part. That's true. But he didn't pick up a sword until the last minute to save Spartacus. Yes. So it was like perfect timing. So was he really trying to save Spartacus? I don't know. Or was he just changing his mind at the last minute and came up with a good little lie? I th- I think he's being genuine so far. We don't know too much about his character, so we'll, we're going to find out. You know, maybe he's going to be proving troublesome later. He is kind of small. 
He's probably he's gonna be the smallest rebel out there. I mean, they're training him though to be part of their army, and I'm just like, I don't really know if you guys can trust too many newbies, any newcomers coming on. But they need to build their army, so I understand what they're doing. Oh, another interesting thing about him is he the first thing. Okay, when he tried to kill Spartacus, he mentioned that he liked being a slave. Yes. Oh my gosh, man. That is a mental illness right there that you have to already work on because now they have to teach him not only they have to like affect him mentally but physically. Physically as well. He's just a whole package they got to work on. Yeah. He said he was in good position to, to be a good slave and up his status. Right. Oh, my gosh. That guy's thinking inside the box too much. Well, so. I'm happy that they spared his life. That was like a nice little moral aspect of the story. So that's I think that's as juicy as it got for Spartacus's character. Spartacus and the rebels, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, which wasn't very juicy. But, I mean, I'm happy that they introduced a new character to us because I know he's going to cause trouble at some point. I'm actually surprised that, uh, well, I'm glad it didn't move too fast, but so they went to this first place. We don't know how many other places they've sacked, but we, they go to that first villa. They find this Dominus, kill him, find out some intel on Navia. I actually thought they may have gone to the villa, where, you know, the original villa that, where, from Badiatis' like house. Didn't it look like it? It seemed a little, I'm sure, I'm sure they used the same set. Yeah, they set. used the same set. And they, they changed <laughs> some stuff around. The budget, the economy. But if I thought, I was predicting that they would actually go to the villa this coming I mean, this oh, episode. Oh, you thought they were going to find Nibia. I thought, I thought they were going... No, I thought they were going to go to the villa where they came from. Oh. Batiatis' villa and find... Like, this was going to... Going in tonight, I was expecting that to happen. I was expecting them to go to the old villa and find it. It's all nice now. And then that Globber's there with Alithia, with the Romans. And then that would be another piece of intel that they have. You know, they would see it. And then they would, like, find out that they're there. And they would probably just, like, come back to it in later episodes. Well, you know, this is... I hate to do this uh, after... After Brothers prediction, but you know that that's eventually going to happen when you just predicted. Yeah, which I'm thought. sure they're going to have to go. They're going to have to go save. Go, go save their. Um, what, wait, uh, we had a a debate over this earlier. Doctore. Yes, that's right because he <laughs> they is. They have to save their doctor. He is captured now. Okay, so we'll we'll see what's going to happen to him with Asher and uh, and Globber. You know, in the villa, in the next episode. So really quick, let's take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back. So that we can After Buzz <laughs> TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? And we're back. We are. And I was expressing a little bit of anger about the female slaves on this show being shared. Well, before you guys go, I, uh, <laughs> since we did just come back from a commercial, before you guys continue okay, about this specific episode, I did want to, uh, not to negate Sean's point uh, about like the, the season finale being awesome and all that, and the actors talking about it, 
But ironically, from being here at AfterBuzz and meeting so many uh, cast members on uh, other shows, um, you know, they they actually watch the episodes live when we when fans do as well. And part of that, uh, you know, part of that is just timing. You know, as they edit it, it's just too much work to have them see it beforehand. You know what I mean? Unless it's like the premiere episode or something like that, there's really no time. They, you know, they're editing until the last minute before it has to air. Oh wow! And the other thing, actually, uh, I don't think uh, the, the cast of Spartacus is in danger of this, but on other TV shows, if you have like a big name actor, they'd be like, oh. Uh, I, I didn't get uh, 35 minutes in this episode. Yeah, I only got 34. You guys have to. We have to recut this totally different. You know what, what? I mean? No, and, and it's true that those happen. So rather than the actors and managers and all that get involved, because it's, again, uh, you know, TV's totally different. So no, there's no room for that. So uh, again, I don't think Spartacus is in trouble of that. But the main mm-hmm. reason is because of timing and as all things, you always want to. Uh, you don't think going they're until avoiding. The last no, I don't think I don't. Uh, in the case of Spartacus, in fact, most shows, it's a matter of like, you know what? We'd love to show it to you guys ahead of time, but truth of the fact is, um, we're supposed to air at uh, 10 p.m. on Friday nights. Uh, we got it done at 9:55. So, I see. You know. Wow. Oh, that's very interesting. Thank you, Phil, for that. Yes, thank you for the exclusive. Thank you for that perspective, Phil. I thought maybe they were avoiding like showing us as much of Spartacus as they could because it's not as busy. But based off of the script and the way they shot it, I'm sure they're like, you know, we they know if a script's good or not, so they're they're anticipating that more. episode to be great. Show me more. Show me more Spartacus. I, I make me a believer. Speaking of show me more, good nudity in this episode. <laughs> great nudity in this episode. We got to see um, Lithia uh, Lithia's boobs again. Yes, I enjoyed Always that. Nice and perky and perfect. And how and a little bit of sex there with getting her slave to uh, give her a little hand action yeah, in and the that's water. That's what I was just about to say. The female slaves in here have to work so hard. I feel like everybody takes. I mean, just sexual abuse out of every single one. And I got so incredibly upset when the um, dominus of the house said that he shared Nivea with his guard. Yes, that that was pretty... Uh, I didn't like that either. And of course, Crixus didn't like it when right. he choked the life out of him but and gave him a beating. What was my After Buzz prediction? That they were go- that, that Nivea was going to be semi-tainted with by the time that Crixus found her. That's right. And here, and she's and gone. She's gone. She was, she was already abused, you know, handed off to another Dominus. And who knows what's going to be happening to her now. Oh, man. I just don't... I just hope she's not like pregnant and <laughs> that would, pregnant and barefoot that would be quite pregnant. the twist if she I was not but he loves her so much he'll raise the baby as his own yeah probably I mean, maybe he'll i'm sure he'll have another one he impregnated lucretia before so oh anyway. this is true he's yes. got powerful sperm yes he does so um let's I, I want to talk about a couple other things so before i wanted to share with you remember i i said what's a gall you know, we never right, researched right, right. it. I did some research what before I came in tonight. Okay, a Gaul is from the ancient area of France, Switzerland, Netherlands, around that area there. I didn't even know that this stuff was real and that it existed. Yeah. I thought this was all fictional until I read um, the background of Omnibus. And I was like, wait, he's a real character? Yeah, a real character you guys in history. play Age of Empires? No. I did. Back in the day, I played Age of Empires 2, actually. I loved that game. Yeah, I'm just saying. That taught, I mean, video games, they say don't teach you anything, taught me so much. So, wait, so wait, what, how did you, okay, wait, did you learn any, like, Spartacus-type stuff from Age of Empires? I've never seen Spartacus, so that's an unfair question. Ah, okay, good point. Good <laughs> Not point a Spartacus there. fan, boo to him. <laughs> we, we only love Spartacus fans. Yes! Oh, 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 oh. So, anyway, uh, let's move on to talking about 
on Emmaus? Did we talk a lot about we him? We mentioned him a little bit, but I wanted him. to dig a little bit deeper. Yes. So here it starts off the first the first few minutes. He it's it, it's this this kid who's fighting. Okay, he's fighting in the pits. Obviously, really young, really skinny. And right away, I'm thinking to myself, who is this kid? And it's a you black kid. It, and right. I guess it. I was like, dude, it's got to be on Emmaus when he's young. So anyway, what did you think of him when he was young, how ferociously he fought and whatnot? Well, you can tell that he wasn't skilled, he wasn't trained, because the way that he was fighting was not like the doctori that we know. And so he's he's kind of fighting for his life in this moment, and you can tell there's like fear in his eyes. I thought whoever, whatever child they chose for that role did a great job, because it looked just like him and his mannerisms. Um, and then we see... It's almost like he turns into this like animal at the end and winds up winning the fight. And now you got you kind of get to see like okay, he's it's survival of the fittest in this in you know in this pit fight. And so I thought that that was a great scene and opening intro for the Spartacus show. Yeah, and he it was so vicious the way he was just stabbing that in guy the in the neck and in the eye too. And what did he use? Was it a bone? It looked like it was a bone, like a sharpened piece, like he yeah. Had sharpened it. Yeah, like and it was left there on the floor of the pits, which is pretty interesting. And uh, and the, and right when all that was going on, I actually thought to myself, "Wow, it would be awesome if old Batiatis came in here." And and found him, and this is how he found him, and boom, they hit it right there. The writers hit that on the head. That's how old Batiatis finds Doc Anemius, who you know we know is Doctore. And what I thought was interesting is that they went back. I love when they do this for us in TV shows because it ma- it adds so much more depth to the characters and helps build our relationship with this. They went back in time and showed why he has this great love for his doc- um, for his um, Dominus. Dominus, and so. Um, what is what what uh, Badiatis had said to him, or to the gentleman who was selling um, Omnibus to him, was all men can be trained, no matter how wild. All he needs is an ounce of purpose. And I thought that that was really, really touching that they focused on this purpose because then we see throughout the episode as he's getting older and more trained is that Badiatis is trying to teach him what is your purpose, and he eventually just decided my purpose is to fight for you, but that wasn't enough. Yeah, for my dominus. Right. And so I, he he gave him. Oh, go ahead. No, Sorry. I was going to say, I think it's going to go deeper than just fighting for um, Badiatis, like, and still having that love for him. I think later on we're going to find, like, he discovers something within himself that's more important than, that's for, like, worth fighting for. Okay. Yeah, and um, it was kind of odd to when he had that conversation with him uh, when when he was, like, bleeding at the nose and he was still kind of young. He still had some hair on his head then, <laughs> and uh, he, he gave him that drink. Well, do you think... He gave him wine. It looked no, like he may opium. have gave him oh opium. opium. Okay, so he gave him some like liquid form of opium right. for him to take, so he could go on like a mystical, and find his like like a spiritual yeah. journey. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought that was for. Yeah, yeah, that, that's me too. Same here. And the only other time we've seen um, Omnimaeus vulnerable is when he was with his wife previously. Do you remember when they incorporated yeah. like a wife into the to the previous season? That's right, and she was Lucretia's um, body slave. Right. Exactly. Yes. And his, oh my gosh, his wife was beautiful too. Oh my Who on goodness. This show isn't. <laughs> and there's a few. Every single woman. No, the women, every single woman is, is usually high there's, on this show. There's, okay, yeah, there's a, a lot of beautiful women, a lot of grunt, ugly men, you know, and then we got some good looking guys too. So anyway. Um, I wanted to also mention um, if we can go really quick back to the, like, deeper meanings in this show like with Lucretia and the sacrificing of the goat yes what did you think about that scene I actually thought that okay 
Lucretia has been known as being pretty religious. She always mentions the gods all the time. She She's talked about them a lot in the previous seasons. And here we have her actually physically doing something now to appease the gods, which yeah. is pretty crazy. And they, they all... <laughs> She was, uh, remember when she was in the Capua Square and she was blessing everybody? Yes, that was hilarious. She was <laughs> she totally... She was really blessing them. Yeah, and she was doing it with everybody. You know, it's like she was uh, It's like she was a celebrity signing signatures for every fan in the but square. But I think she really thinks that she's blessed as well to have survived. Yeah, you could be right. And uh, it's and also she was probably doing it as a, what's the word I'm searching for? A uh, distraction. To make Alithia kind of walk off and be like, oh, I don't want to see this anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's, and, and then I think it was here more comes. Of painting Olivia, like painting Alithia. Yeah. Kind and, of like, oh, look at me now. But it gave an opportunity for Asher to come up. Now, were they planning that all along? No, they were not planning that, uh, that Asher relationship. So, so Asher was the one who initially he approached her. He wants to get think? back in there. He wants to get back in her good graces. He's trying to find a way back in. And that's how I think he was reintroduced into the show. I think that was their first encounter. And with that note, I think he. He somehow communicated to her, like, hey, I'm still here to serve you, my queen, kind of thing. And probably told her what he was planning. Okay. Because he That's probably heard that Omnimaeus was fighting in the pits. And then he goes and stabs his competitor to capture him for Lucretia. Okay. Good point. That was my, that's my, like, little, like you know outside thoughts going on that's what i that's what i envision happening behind the scenes the part they didn't show us did you notice also that the the goat seemed to be a special goat because it had gold horns what is that like was that i don't know how I, I, like, am i seeing things yeah it was gold now the question is like uh did they you know i i would say that it must have been the townspeople that she bought it from like they had it specially like maybe crafted some gold right. around the horns because it like wasn't brought really it. a goat with gold horns no because it couldn't have been born with that obviously but I, i'm sure they did it and they sold it like at a high price because she's or maybe they gave it to her for free because she's lucretia because she's like the person that survived but and they, the point of her sacrificing this goat was so that she couldn't get her power back within the house so that the gods would find favor on her again yes that's probably what the symbolism is right there but didn't it look like that it was working at first i think i i think that alithia saw something happening because if you looked at the ground it started to kind of move did you see that or is that just me no i didn't notice that. i saw like i saw something happening like kind of something it was almost like water and like it was like maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me and i was just buying into the sacrifice no i think you saw something <laughs> i swear i saw something and alithia saw it too i know she did because that's when she she walked up to go kill Lucretia. I promise you something happened. When when Lucretia reached in for the heart, Alethea knew now's my chance to kill her or is it, the gods are really going to give her her power back. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually I felt I actually felt like I was really looking at it from Alethea's perspective. I felt not not like that, that part, but I felt like at the beginning, oh, she's just a crazy woman like killing this goat and nothing's going to happen. I felt like that and I felt like that's she what was I just at first too. Yeah, I felt like she was just doing it for a show and then obviously when the you know the music started to hit you in that certain way, you know, the composition and it it was having the whole effect with, you know, uh, the other scenes that were going on with the other characters and you could see that there was this like Max happening right when she was, you know, taking the heart out and everything. And uh, well, they played that side by side with Omnia's um, fight. fight. Yeah, like they were. What, what was the purpose of that? Showing two like murders at the same time. Maybe both were supposed to be sacrificial. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like that actually. And it 
What's actually interesting is that Asher was saving Animaeus in that that scene that they he kept cutting back him. back and forth to. So the gods were answering a prayer in that case, but obviously they couldn't have gotten from the pits to to um, the villa in such a short amount of time. So there was a big ellipse there. I so I wish that Asher was doing a good deed by saving Animaeus, but he 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 wasn't. He's just savaging Onimaeus' life so that they can get information from him to get the other the other slaves back. Yes, that's right. And I thought that I just, uh, I hate Asher. I don't know why you like him. But um, I also wanted to mention the relationship that's going on with Gladder and um, Sepius. Globber. Globber and Sepius. Yes. Oh, I don't, okay, I got him Gladder. Globber and Globber Sepius. with a B. Yeah, and Sepius. Okay, this is a good, good little thing here. All right, so... Sepius comes and he starts talking to, to Glober and initially they're talking about joining forces. As we know, Glober he's a Roman nobleman and he's and, and Glober's the praetor, so he's got the the Roman army behind him. Glober obviously can't have an army, he has mercenaries that he hires to go, you know, comb the countryside and try to kill Spartacus and his rebels. And, uh, oh, re- really, uh, really quick side note. So, rebels... Side note, Sean. <laughs> rebels, or should we call them insurgents, hmm. right? Insurgents in the, the times that we're living in now. I like rebels, though. You like rebels? Of course, because they're our protagonists. Yes. But every man's terrorist is another man's freedom <clears throat> fighter, right? <clears throat> What is that? <laughs> so anyway, let's we're getting off topic a little bit. Okay, go back, go back, go back. And I wasn't going to go that far, Phil. So, but uh, I was just, you know, pu- putting it out there. Okay, so Gladder has a conversation with um, Sepius. Yes. And he's trying to get Sepius to join forces with him because Gladder obviously knows he's he's nothing in comparison to the army that he's about to face. Yeah, that's right. Well. He doesn't have that many men with him. He doesn't have a huge, huge, real Roman army with him. And he's so, scared of Spartacus. And he, say it. Yeah, he's okay. terrified. So you know you're terrified when you have to go get help. Yes, exactly. So while they're talking and discussing this stuff, he's asking him, "Okay, so are you gonna, you know, ask? You know, are you gonna get your men to help me? Are you gonna have my back?" Yeah, and he says, "Okay, well." They sidetrack the conversation. They start talking about other stuff. Mm -hmm. They start talking about, hey, you know, what happened at the house? What happened at the villa that night when all the the Roman noble people were here and everybody died? When the the whole rebellion occurred and killed them all. So He kind of busts him out a little bit like, hey, I know what's up. Yeah, he he has an allusion to, yes, I know your wife conveniently left and was spared. I'm happy so, that he brought that up to him, though. Yeah, and he said there was a miracle. There were two miracles. There right. was there was Lucretia surviving, and then your wife subsequently so survived. is she favored as well? Is she favored as well, yes. And, and she survived with enough Roman soldiers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, that could have tipped the balance, blah, blah, blah. So... We we see that Sepius is kind of cookie. he's kind of seeing through this whole lie of that um, that Glauber and and um, Elithia have constructed to shield themselves right. from being persecuted by the other Romans. And and he busts him out and kind of like belittles him a little bit about his title and the reason that he has favor is only because of his wife's father. Like exactly. you're only in the position that you are, you know. So I felt like that. I, f- I like that they had a conflicting dynamic, because I don't. I don't want them to join forces. And I like Sepius, and I want to see more where they're going with Sepius and um, Sepia. 
Yes. I want to see where they're going with their with their kind of like brother sisterly relationship because they didn't touch on it this time. No, they didn't. You didn't see them together at all this episode. No incestuous stuff. Yeah, right I now. thought you, I, Sean. You predicted that they were going to like be making love in the club, and I didn't see any of oh, that. Oh, that would be so <laughs> racy. Imagine that. That would be so racy for the, the just the second episode that, to knowingly have a brother and sister character doing stuff like that. They didn't do that. They they teased us the first episode and not this time. So your that prediction was kind of kind of wrong. But they we'll might, see if it happens. They might, maybe they'll show them making out later on or something who knows but uh anyway so i want i want to give um a little bit of background on on because he seemed to be i feel like the star of this episode um where you know i keep saying you know spartacus come on give me more give me more but i like that they focus on on because this is a character that we haven't seen a lot of in um other projects and i feel like this he's a really focal star this season and they're going to do a lot with this character yeah and i like him a lot actually peter i like Mensa is his real name yes i like peter Mensa. i've actually i've known i've known him for quite a while you in, know him personally no oh. i mean by, by watching his movies that he's in and he's always he, I've always seen him been in? Uh, well the first movie I ever saw him in that I can remember was Tears of the Sun okay back in the I think it was early or mid 2000s with uh, Bruce Willis in it, and he actually played one of the the the, the re- well in this case yeah it's, I think they call them the rebels or whatever those those fighters in the jungle who were actually the antagonists and uh, he was hunting <laughs> down protagonist and antagonist yeah, yeah. <laughs> you love it and he was hunting down the Navy SEAL team uh, who are obviously the good guys in this movie so anyway I remember him from that and I've seen him in quite a few other things he he was in 300 as the messenger that got kicked off the cliff. By by King Leonidas oh, also. Oh, crazy. This role was kind of perfect for him. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he, f- he plays a fighter oftentimes because what we didn't know was that he was an avatar as well. Yes. And he was the leader of the horsemen in Avatar. That's right. And you brought that up to me uh, when we were on break earlier. Right. So, yeah, this is very interesting. So, he's good at these kind of roles, these fighting roles. But he actually has several years of training. He's been fighting since the age of six, doing martial arts. Oh, my god! So, he is a real beefcake fighter. We don't want to go up against him. That's he why he's... the doctor. Yeah, he is the doctor. He he is the most experienced fighter on this show, on Spartacus. And it seems like among the actors, he is probably the most experienced one, too. Yeah. So he is rightfully Doctore. And he also, unlike the other actors, isn't an Aussie. He was He's originally from London. Oh, he is? Yeah. But he's traveled all over. I mean, he's he's traveled with his father um, to Canada. And who would know or even imagine that he is not just handsome, not just fit, not just a martial artist, but he also is an engineer. Oh, wow. So he's right. a smart man. Brains and bronze. Wow. And he can what? memorize his lines for a TV show. Yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. So this guy's he's very talented. And he's got a lot of experience behind him. Yeah. Do you know how old he is, too? Um, He was born. Let me see. I don't. I don't. But he. I know he's originally from Ghana. He lived in London and also moved to Canada. But um, what's funny is that it was a choice between um, Canada or Australia for his family, and they wound up going to Canada. So I he see. almost became an Aussie. I see. He's like this close. But I don't know what year he was born in. Well, while we're talking about character bios, uh, do you mind if I chime in with mine? Are you going to talk about Liam? I'm going to talk about the Make new Spartacus. Make me love him, please. I'm going to talk about... I want to love him so bad. He, you know what? He is a lovable guy. Um, he hasn't... I don't think he's showing it yet in Spartacus. He's He's not getting as much screen time. As you would think he would, because you know, obviously he's, the, he's the main character. I think they're trying to like kind of throw us off a little bit. 
yeah, they're nervous about giving like us a lot of him because they don't know if we're going to be comfortable with him. I think you're probably right, but we'll see what happens anyway. So Liam McIntyre, he or McIntyre, I don't, I wouldn't know how to describe. <laughs> I, I don't know how they say his last name because it seems like it's it seems like a Scottish or an Irish last name McIntyre. but he, he spends most of his time i think in australia uh new zealand you know that kind of area over there um so the i actually watched another another form of media that he did today he starred in this short film called radev r-a-d-e-v for those of you who, who are listening to us on itunes so anyway radev you can watch it you know, online, do, do a quick search, you know, you'll be able to find it. And it's a 10 minute short film. And it's a it's, it's supposed to take place in Australia. And it's a it's he plays a, a Russian drug dealer. Hmm. And it, and this is supposed to be based on a true story about a Russian drug dealer and the Russian drug trade over there in Australia. And they did all this in 10 minutes? And they did. Well, it's, <laughs> it was pretty much just one scene. Okay. Like one setting. And it was, it was a short film, you know. So but he, he was starring in it. There was uh, there were two other characters pretty much who were in the room with him. There were, uh, there were two, like, police officer type people who were in a different location. And the whole thing was supposed to be like a sting operation. Wow. And he, he played the Russian drug dealer, so he had an accent. He had the Russian accent like this. Okay, so you're you're trying to tell me he's talented, he can do additional like accents other than the accent on spot, I guess. Yes, which is actually his genuine accent, you can tell, but he just makes his voice a lot more gruff and deeper. Yeah, I feel like they all go deeper with their voices, try to make them more harsh. Yeah, especially with Crixus. I think he's the one who probably makes himself sound the harshest. Yeah. But uh, let's see, what else about him? He also played a role in The Pacific, which was an HBO show kind of like band of brothers and uh, that was supposed to be about like the war in you know in the in the in japan and stuff during world war ii uh, i was see. surprised about that that, yeah. he, that he has these additional roles you said he was on a tv show he was well he played a small i think he played a small role okay. there because i was he, gonna say when i when i looked him up it didn't look like he had much acting experience because he like i had mentioned in the last episode on after buzz he usually sets up the red carpets this was the first time he's ever walked the red carpet yeah he's he's <laughs> brand new pretty much at this but he's he's got he had that role as as a character named lewis in the pacific and other than that he did a lot of shakespearean in place. So he did Twelfth Night, Midsummer Night's Dream, and Much Ado About Nothing, and so on oh, and so forth. Okay. All those. So he, he was actually a really, it seemed like he was an accomplished uh, theater person before he actually got into doing TV shows and film. Well, I mean, if you're going to get a role, hey, Spartacus is the one to get on 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 stars because you're really going to develop your chops with all these like leading actors that he joined forces with. That's right. I'm, and I'm happy for him. Good, good for Liam. Yeah, Liam, I love you. I really do. You're not quite spicy certified yet, but I know you're going to get there. I know I'm going to. I know I'm going to love you. <laughs> oh, and also something that you might la- laugh your ass off about later. Like you should check this out later, spicy. But uh, and uh, our listeners, go check this out too. Type in Liam McIntyre. His name is spelled L-I-A-M, and then McIntyre spelled uh, M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E. I think. So type that in and type in Doritos commercial. And there's what? a commercial. Doritos commercial? He, I think he made a Doritos commercial from 2009 it's really him he made one from 2009 oh, like a spec commercial yeah like a spec commercial to enter the super bowl competition i don't know it was just it was just a pretty funny commercial go check it out it's like a it's like 30 45 seconds long i don't know it's not that long but it's him dancing around in different locations eating doritos chips was he trying to do like the, the tom cruise thing slipping and sliding in his socks 
No, no, he wasn't doing that. It was funny because he was in different outfits, different, like, it was like green screen behind him. Different outfits, different locations, and he was just eating the chips. And at the end of the commercial, his tagline is, like, eat Doritos, be strong, or something oh like that. Oh my gosh, it, this is the star of our Spartacus. It was pretty Thank funny, <laughs> but pretty but pretty cheesy at the same time. Go check it out. He, he actually seemed like, he seems like a really down-to-earth guy in the interviews I've seen. And uh, he's, he seems like he's pretty funny. He seems like he's a geek at heart, kind of like me, because he's into, like, video you games and geek, stuff. You are Sean. <laughs> so he, that's why you're vibing with him. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. why I'm vibing with him. I do want to see him improve a little bit more on the show, but I think he's got a good heart, so good for that guy. Okay, well, thumbs up. Thumbs up to Liam. Um, you know who I'm ready to see on Spartacus, and this is kind of like a prediction that I want to go with. Um, I want to hurry up and see Nivea come on. I'm ready to see her. They described her, you know, yes, brown skin, long hair, dark you know, of stomp, skin, stomp on her back, and like I want to see mark her. Mark of I'm the Dominus. Yes, mark of the Dominus. Domina, sorry. A Domina. I'm ready mm-hmm. to. I'm ready to see her. When are they going to introduce her to us again? I think it, it was wise for them to actually to leave it until the next episode, maybe because uh, they might they might have blown their wad if they did it this episode. Your After Buzz oh. TV prediction. Yes, I was just yeah. thinking about that. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. So, anyway. Oh, no crazy lights I mean, today, Sean, huh? you've been on it, though. You predicted that Asher, um, who is N- Nick Terribly, ah, you mentioned that he was going to come back this one, so you're pretty good on that. You hit that on the money. I mentioned that Lucretia was faking the funk and that she really is not crazy. So we got two predictions. We're doing pretty good. Yeah, so good for you on that. I pat my back pats, as well. The arena. And so what do we predict for this next one? So the next one, uh, we see, well, we kind of saw from the trailer for the next episode that uh, Animaeus is shackled up and he's being whipped by Asher. Which kills me. Oh, I hate yeah. Asher. He, he gets to deal out so much punishment to people and hurt so many others in different ways. And, He's and just a bitter man. He is. And I, geez, man. Those damn Syrians. <laughs> I, I, so anyway, predictions. Okay. So maybe the new Syrian, Tiberius, he might start to get close. People might like him. Agron and... Spartacus are starting to like him. Okay. okay, they're training him well. He saved Spartacus's life, but at the same time, I feel like because he's a Syrian, yes. he might have that scoundrel personality Go deep there. in him somewhere. I agree with where you're going. He is a small man. The smaller guys tend to be scoundrels in the shows that I've seen. <laughs> what? <laughs> they can sneak around. He's small. They're sleuthy. They can I was sneak say, around more. He's um, a serious, just like the, um, just like Asher. I was mm-hmm. going to say that he's going to join a li- a li- like alliances with Asher. Asher somehow is going to get to him and say, "Oh, my brother from our land, let's take you know, let's join forces with me and take over the Spartacus gladiators, or they're going to meet or something." Because I know and I believe in my heart that um, that they're not going to get tipped off to where the gladiators are. I don't think Animaeus is going to do that, but I think that it's going to be how do I say the new guy's name? Terror. Tiberius? Tiberius. Yes. I think Tiberius is going to be the one to tip them off. Mm, because he's going to want that slave life back, huh? Yeah, I think that he. I think that he's not cut up for this like gladiator world. And I think that he was going to turn on them, but at the last minute he decided not to. I don't think that it was really because of the collar. I think that it was just a ploy. Perhaps. Okay, I got a really good prediction right here. Go for it. And, uh, okay, we've seen how Elithia has actually... Okay, we, we know her relationship with Spartacus. They hate each other because Globber hates him, 
right? But it was the best sex of her life. But she <laughs> probably had the best sex of her life with Spartacus right. when she didn't know it was him, when she thought it was Crixus. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when she took off that mask in the first season, she revealed it was him. And now she seems to be fantasizing about it. So I think that within this next, you know, within this upcoming episode, maybe within the next several episodes, she's going to be thinking more and more about him. And there's probably going to get to a point where she maybe makes love to him again. What? That's your prediction? I think that's going to happen. There's going to be some kind of conflict with her hating him and wanting to screw him. She's going to... I think she wants him dead just as much as she wants Lucretia dead. I think she wants him dead and she wants to have sex with him before she kills him. One last time. I can see that happening because she was fantasizing about him. I'm like, how are you fantasizing about this guy who you hate and you have your slave, you know, getting you off and your husband's right here walking in and you're fantasizing about Spartacus. So I can see that happening, but I don't think that Spartacus would come within five inches of of Alithia. If you really think about it, what reason do they have to hate each other? He only hates her because, because of Globber and she only hates him because of Globber. So really, they don't have any bad blood between them. It's all just because Globber hate, hates Spartacus. That's all it is. Well, she's evil. He he hates her because of what she stands for. And and she's just like a crooked, shady... Okay, so you think he's going to hit that again. Okay, I'm not even going to fight that argument because that might be a good prediction. <laughs> he really doesn't. Yeah, I think it's I'm like, well, happen. she's mean. She's a bad person. But she really didn't do anything to Spartacus. It was her husband. But she's still a representative of her husband, though. Yeah. So I think we're going to see this next episode. The gladiators come in and try to save Onimaeus. Okay. They save Onimaeus. Probably save Navia, too, in one of the other camps. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. And it sounds like we're getting booted out of here. Thank you, folks. We are wrapping up the After Buzz show for Spartacus. So tune in every Friday to us at 8 p.m. We were running a little bit up behind today. But even though we're late, it was worth the wait. It's because we're putting in a nice catwalk for these guys. It's it's not because these guys are late or whatever. It's because we're adding more to the studio. We are always improving. You guys, the fans. Don't forget to follow us at AfterBuzzTV on Twitter. You can follow me at TheSeanOverman. Or you can follow me, Spicy underscore Mari, S-P-I-C-Y underscore M-A-R-I. And tweet at us. Let us know what you feel about our reviews and what you feel about the Spartacus shows. Also, guys, really quickly, I actually have have a blog that I started a while yes, back. Yes, it looks hot. Check out my blog, seanoverman.org. It's really simple. S-E-A-N-O-V-E-R-M-A-N.org. I do Netflix movie reviews, any streaming content, and anything I think is interesting. And tweet at us. Let us know if you think that he looks like Mira. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, Phil. We love you. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.